0: All right, everybody. Cool, little song break right there. Got our intro music banging over here, and we got a guest that's gonna be in the house in just a second. Got Rob Robert Cruze coming in the house. Uh, he's an author. He was kind enough to uh, tell me how to pronounce his name, which I really appreciate, almost choked over there. So let's get this up on the screen. He's over there in the waiting room and see if we can add him over here. He's uh, the founder of BasedCon and the author of 30 novels, crazy and his latest series is The Cross Time Crusade. It's now uh, live on Ki- on Kickstarter. You can go over to basedcon.com or k- Kickstarter uh, slash projects. Well, it's linked below in the sh- show description, so I'm not going to butcher it or whatever. So let's get Mr. Robert on in here. Some of you guys uh, met him uh, two weekends ago at BaseCon. It was a blast. So let's add him in here, see if we can talk about some stuff. Hello. Hi, you can you hear me? me? Hello. Yes, you're on air right now. Rob, how's it yeah. going, man?
1: I'm, I'm doing good how are you good
0: i'm doing awesome man it was awesome to meet you a couple weeks ago uh yeah that was, was a, absolute blast man
1: it was very cool that was and, and you were extremely extremely helpful you and your your crew so yeah. thank everybody Thanks. i don't know if i had a time I had a chance to thank everybody uh there i was kind of running around uh, getting things done making sure everything ran smoothly but um yeah that was fantastic and you guys were were big help
0: Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, uh, I don't know. I've, I've done three or four festival. I just ran a, a music festival, uh, about 10 days ago and I know how crazy it is putting out fires and making sure that everything's sw- uh, squared away. But, uh, this was the second year for BaseCon, and had you done anything like this before the first, the <laughs> no. first
1: one? Okay, cool. no, all right. I, this was just something that, that, uh, I've been talking about online on Twitter with, with a couple of other authors. Um, because you know, f- I used to go to a lot of sci-fi cons and just like writing conferences and stuff, just to as you know, it's 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 fun to go, you know, hang out with writers and fans and stuff, and to learn things, and you know, it's kind of a little vacation, and um, you get to write it off and uh, your taxes, and so that's that's cool. Um, but then, you know, five years or so ago, it started getting really weird, like everything else <laughs> in the world, yeah. um, kind of getting taken over just by the by the social justice um, activists and the pronoun people and stuff. Um, so it was, uh, all these, all these cons are just kind of very weird and, 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 um, very much, uh, more and more, uh, kind of group think oriented and, you know, you have to kind of toe the the progressive ideological line. And, and it just, it w- it wasn't fun anymore for me. Um, I mean, I could give some examples, but it just, it, it was, it was just not a lot of, a lot of fun. And, and I thought what we really need is, uh, well, I, what I, the original idea was I wanted to get some authors together um, because I wanted to kind of brainstorm about, you know, writing and marketing and stuff and be sort of like a support group for ourselves because we're kind of the, you know, the redheaded stepchildren of the, of the publishing world because nobody wants to, to, to touch us um and then also i was talking about this floating the idea online and then people were um, saying well what if you know non-writers wanted to come to this thing and i said that yeah that sounds like fun too that would be cool so i ended up setting this thing up we got basically an airbnb um i mean you were there this space is this place is basically a big sprawling house um with a backyard and sort of a a little stage in the and in the back there and it was i was thinking my my cutoff point was 30 people. I I said, if I get 30 people, then I can pay for the venue, basically the venue and the food. Um, And so I was taking kind of a risk because I had no idea, you know, you start talking about the stuff online and people are like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But then who knows who's going to actually show up. Um, And we ended up with um, the first year, 70 people. So that was over double what I had, what I had been hoping for. And so I was kind of blown away by that. And if you think I was running around, you know, like crazy person this year, the first year I, I just i got almost no sleep the entire weekend because i was just always going and always there's always something i needed to some fire i needed to put it out went much more smoothly this year and it was even bigger we had about 85 uh people and i expect it's probably going to grow um we're going to have to move to a hotel i think for the third for the third year because that that space just can't hold us anymore so it's still very small um by by you know sci-fi conventions standards because there are plenty that are you know thousands or even tens of thousands or more people. Um, but it's, it's a really cool group and it's, it's um, a lot of fun and, and uh, we're gonna keep, keep growing and keep doing our thing.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, let's. But you know, before we get into maybe last year's BaseCon and and this one as well, and, and the future, I, I do want some examples. Like you said, you know, but like what are the what are the other? So you know, I'm not. Yeah, you know, as you know, I'm a musician. I'm not a writer. Yeah. I uh, I'm I, I'm a former kind of like athlete. Like I, I'm not big into the. It's not that I don't like sci-fi and fantasy or literature. I like reading a lot. It's just it hasn't been my world. So what are some of the bigger? conventions and what were some examples of how you got turned on like yes what happened i mean this thing that you're describing happened in most institutions like you said over the last right. in the last 5 right. to 10 years you know whether it be sports or music or any type of entertainment but what are the what were the big conventions that you used to go to and what are some of the things that you uh saw happening
1: by the way if you're wondering what i'm doing here why i'm looking down like this i have these postcards that I'm mailing out for my my next project for okay. the Kickstarter. All right. So I'm so I'm multitasking okay. here. I'm actually. <laughs> this, this is the glamorous life of a professional uh, right. author. I, I get the so mail postcards.
0: I see your Kickstarter's doing really well. That's awesome. It's doing really
1: well. We're, yeah we're uh, we're getting close to nineteen thousand dollars. The goal was fifteen thousand, and Beautiful. we've still got a, a couple of weeks to go. So yeah, oh. I'm pretty happy about that. Awesome. Um, yeah. So so um, there are a lot of a lot of sci-fi cons around the country. Um, dragon con in in atlanta is is probably the biggest one um and that one is still relatively okay i mean it's got a little bit of the wokeness stuff around the margins but it hasn't gotten quite as taken over by the pod people but most of these kind of medium-sized cons um I'll, i'll give you an example i i went to a um i went to a uh they, they have panels on the, you know, where our authors and other experts and, and stuff talk about things, which is what we did at BaseCon too. Um, and so you go and sometimes like I would be on panels and, or, and then I would go and I'd be like, I, you know, you go through the program and, oh, there's a, there's a thing about, um, a panel about religion in, um, science fiction and fantasies. Well, that sounds interesting. I'll go, I'll go to that one. So I go to this panel on, um, religion in science fiction and fantasy. And I kid you not, every person, I believe there were five people, including the the moderator on the panel, every single one was an atheist. Now, just to find that many atheists in the general population it would be, you know, as, as to have that many together in a group, but to have them specifically talking oh, about imagine. religion, yeah. it's like, fine, have an atheist, have an agnostic, have a Muslim, Whatever, but to, you're you're skewing the, the discussion so wildly at that point, and of course it was all just bagging on, um, you know, religion and how stupid it was and how you know C.S. Lewis was a was a a goofball and 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 then I actually walked out probably ten minutes in when somebody talked about how um, the Lord of the Rings was Tolkien's racist fantasy and I was just like I that something went off in my head and I went nope and just yeah. <laughs> just walked out. Um, another example is, um, even more egregious Is at, 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 Worldcon, which is the, the, uh, the, I don't know what it is, World Science Fiction Association. they're the ones who do the Q- Hugo awards, which is like the main yep. awards in sci-fi. So they're, um, they're kind of the main, you know, kind of, uh, grandfather of all the sci-fi cons, they had a panel where there was a guy on there named Dave, uh, Truesdale and he sort of he went off uh the worst thing he did really was he went off topic on this panel i don't even remember what the panel was about but but he recorded this whole thing and what he did was uh he said during the course of the panel that people were were um were overly sensitive and too easily offended and people needed to get over themselves and just and realize that you know like fiction is fiction and you need to not everything needs to you know cater to your your worldview um i mean that was basically the gist of what he said one of the other panelists um literally turned his back on him while he was on the panel like turned away from him um and had his arms folded because he was so disgusted by the by this and 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 so then there was this sort of acrimonious um discussion that followed but it wasn't there was nothing there was no like profanity or anything there were a few people who were put out with you know like being called um snowflakes or whatever. And, and it was kind of, so it was, it was a little bit, you know, it was, it it was a lively discussion, which is what you want (laughs) in a panel. I mean, it was like at the end of it, like everybody was fine, you know, pretty much everybody was cool. Maybe the guy who turned his back was still being a dick, but everybody else was pretty much, pretty much cool. And it was, you know, nobody thought that much of it. Well, it turned out. So like the con leadership or somebody got word of what had happened. The guy got kicked out of the con, like the, like security escorted him out. Um, and he's, I, I believe, banned like from ever a- attending another one of these things. Wow! Be- literally because he said people are too sensitive and they need to just chill out. That wow. was his crime. Wow. So that's the level of, of ideological um, kind of the desk grip that you're talking about, where it's like you go in there. I mean, I, I, I make the, take the example of like if you had walk if you walk down the floor of one of these uh, cons wearing like a MAGA hat, you know, a Trump hat. Um, you you would literally be in in danger for your yeah. your safety because you would get you would get you know thronged by people just probably if not at least verbally assaulting you and probably worse than that. So it's and knowing that it's that kind of environment kind of puts a damper on the fun for for somebody who's sort of I mean I'm not a huge trump fan, but I'm more conservative libertarian type person and I'm like just when you look at people when you realize that's the kind of environment you're in, it's like I'm not sure I want to be here. Even if, like, I could, you know, you know, I could get by, I could pass as like one of these people. Why would I want to? Why do I want to be there?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's big. Uh, one of their hallmark, you know, characteristics is just that they just have no joy. You know, that's one of the things I, I noticed in D.C. when I was kind of I, I moved to D.C. as basically a liberal, just a kind of normal liberal guy, and then I went pretty hard right by the, in the next ten years, and that's what I noticed. They're they're their joy and they're, they're 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 not really content with anything and their their humor is very dark and almost sick they like get off in pain and stuff like that and that's yeah. the opposite of me so how, how do you think it ha- i mean I, obviously i'm not going to ask you to speak for like every single field or whatever but how do you like because i have my th- theories on how this happened and over what time period it happened in, in things like, you know, sports and music, but why do you, how do you think this happened in your field where it became, I mean, for lack of a better word, like progress, so progressive or uh, leftist or totalitarian, how do you think, and how do you think that happened? And, and how long do you think it took for it to happen? Or was there, were, were there ever good days? You know, it's kind of, a I,
1: I think that there were, I think that, I mean, sci-fi has always leaned, um, well, I should say literature in general, writers have always leaned, of course, left. I yes. mean, that's just, just the way it is because, yep. and I have theories about that too, which is basically that most of us are insane uh, to start with. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Leftism is just another brand. (laughs) brand, Right, exactly. It's it's like people. You don't, as a sane individual, you don't usually. If you're well adjusted, you don't go into this profession in the first place. And so then that's where you get a lot of the liberals and progressives from. And so that's, I mean, that's good and bad. You know, I mean, you kind of need people like that, but you know, out at the fringes of society who are a little weird. But um, as far as how the, but but it was there was definitely more tolerance, real tolerance, and and kind of like willingness to hear other sides and stuff, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And then it it just started getting weird. And, um, as far as what really caused it, it, I mean, it's, it's really strange the way it's taken over everything, but there is this sort of, um, well, there are these people who are like you say, they're, they're unhappy people, they're discontent, discontent, and they want to, they're, you know, there's this sort of Karen aspect where it's like, I'm going to go in and fix things. And so if they go into, you know, sports or they go into whatever, and it's like, well, this is okay, but, but we need to make it more, um, you know, tolerant and equitable and whatever, and less racist and decolonize it. And, and what and just all this made up shit that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything except for the fact that they get to control it. Yep. Um, and I just think that there's, you reach a point of critical mass. I mean, most people in every every industry and in any group are, are basically sheep, which is, I don't even necessarily mean that as a bad thing, but they, they're just people who go along with whatever. Um, they're just nice. They're decent people mostly, but they, they're not going to cause problems. So you reach a critical mass of people who are these discontents in a group, and then all of a sudden it hits a a kind of a turning point an inflection point where the group is now um you know run by that that dynamic and the sheep all sense that and they go oh this is what we're doing now we're kicking people out for you know saying people are too um too sensitive or whatever we're we're we're, you know and they're they're happy to kind of jump on the bandwagon and so i think so i guess the good news is that it theoretically wouldn't be that hard to flip things back, um, and I'm hoping that we're getting um, to that point because, again, most people are sheep, and so they're going to follow the leader. Um, so, if you have people who stand up and say, "No, this is bullshit. We're not going to. We're not. We're not doing this." Um, you get enough of those people, you can change the dynamic and get the get things back on track. Yeah, this is all kind of theoretical and hopeful yeah. on my part, but that's that's how kind of how I see it.
0: Yeah, I mean so uh and we can kind of tie this to of a little bit. I mean, this is kind of a it's it's not really a, a theory, it's more of a truism where you're you know when you have an institution that is compromised or you know is going the wrong way, you kind of have a couple different options. You you can either quit entirely, you can start your own thing like you did or you can try to reform it and infiltrate it from the inside. So you know, before we get over to basecon, do you know anyone that's kind of doing your role, but inside of the the institutions that's trying to that hasn't given up yet? I mean, I, there's there's church, yeah. you know, like for instance, my, my my church, I go to a Baptist church that's still in the SBC, and that there a lot of Baptist churches have left the Southern Baptist because they've bought into like. Critical race theory and stuff. So there's like yeah. leave, start your own thing, or reform it. Do, do you know like your, your equivalent inside of any of these big cons?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Well, there there is, um, there was a movement that I don't know if you're familiar with, but it was, it's uh, and it sounds silly if you don't have, well, yeah, the whole idea was that it was kind of silly, but there was the sad puppies. Uh, yeah, they're bringing it up and, in the
0: chat right now. I've read about this in Vox Day's book. Yeah, explain that. Okay. Yeah. yeah
1: the, the sad puppies and the rabid puppies. So there was this effort to um, sort of, I guess you would call it gaming the the, the Hugo Awards, um, but it was. I mean, they're games to, to begin with. I mean, they're all political, and it's it's. There's a publisher, tour that basically you know uh, dominates them because of the way that they 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 promote and stuff. So anyway, there's a whole h- history behind this, but the the, the sad puppies said we're going to put together a slate of what we think are good um, you know sci-fi books in each of these categories. Books are whatever movies and, and stories and everything authors. Um, and then we're going to promote them together. We're going to kind of make this decision promote them. So it's kind of like a political party, right? Like we're going to, we're going to nominate somebody as our, our, as our, um, you know, representative, like the guy that we think should, should win. And so you get people on board before you go into the main, the main election. And so, and it, and it worked. Um, to a, a pretty good degree, and it, anyway, the, the it's this culminated with, um, and I and I I'm sketchy now on the on the history because it's been a few years, and I I was only kind of tangen, tangentially involved in this. Um, this was kind of before I I sort of came out as a conservative or whatever. Um, um, but the the culmination of this was that basically they voted at the the Hugo Awards for no award in a lot of categories deliberately to spite um the sad puppies so they basically just they burned down their own awards um ceremony um because they didn't want uh, the wrong kind of people winning and there was these were good i mean and these the people that were nominated i should say were not like right wing extremists or anything, there were there were people who were you know there were libertarians, there were kind of moderates, there was a, at least one socialist. I know there were several left leaning people. It was just good books. It was just it was like non woke stuff and not just you know social justice propaganda. But it was this it was it was the, it, the focus was on the on the books and not on you know how much is this person the is the writer a, a you know a paraplegic lesbian from Mars or whatever. Um, so anyway, the, the, so they, they, it, it kind of crashed and burned and, and this, and then the sad puppies went on for a little bit after that, but that was kind of the, the high point of it because, because the Hugos basically said, no, we would rather destroy this than have you, um, have any influence in it. And that was the point where a lot of us said, well, that's it. Oh, and then Vox Day got involved too with it. And this complicated things too, because he got it. The, the sad puppies were the, the idea was that, that, um, that like, uh, picking picking authors, um, based on you know j- on identity politics makes puppies sad and so that was why it's called the sad puppies oh. um, and so then <laughs> it was kind of a, it was kind of a joke to begin with like half half joking and then vox day came in with the rabid puppies which was like yeah haha this is going to be funny but we're going to like really stick it to them and and they had an even more like a more extreme slate and so then you had people reacting to the vox day thing and uh, it was a whole Deal for for a few years there, but again the end result was that it's pretty much irredeemable. that These people are not going to let us play at the at the table. So we're mostly most of us are just doing our own thing at this point.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. And so I believe the the history of that that I've read is in the book uh, "SJWs Always Lie" by. Box Day. So, if anyone listening yeah. right now wants to check out that little history, it's all also mentioned over here on the BaseCon website. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about about BaseCon. I and mean, you know, one of the things I uh, like about this, you kind of have a, a I don't know, for lack of a better word, like a statement of faith down here, uh, and it's so. It says that at BaseCon some believe some based beliefs include men cannot give birth. Guns don't kill people, people kill people. A fetus is a human being. Socialism has failed everywhere it's been tried. And discriminating against white people is is racism. So that's pretty solid, le- you know, what's it's really funny about this, that's just normal. Like that's, there's nothing extreme about right. any of that stuff. <laughs> no, it? yeah. right.
1: Uh, it's just kind of, it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, baseline reality beliefs for me. And I mean, there's, there's some things that you could maybe quibble with a little bit, but I wanted to kind of put a line in the sand for the first one and say, I I actually was trying, because of course, when you put something together like this, you're aware of the possibility of it getting taken over too, you know? And so I wanted to, I deliberately was a little bit provocative in the beginning And a little bit alienating. Like people, I had people come to me saying, "You know, you're turning people off with this kind of language." And I said, "Good, thank God, because I don't want those people. If you're going to be turned off by me saying one of those things, then God bless you, but don't come. Don't please don't come to BaseCon because because that's not the kind of con it is. And I'm sorry, that's it's going to be a little bit alienating because that's where we are at at this point in the culture. Because we have to fight back, and we can't just um, we're I were i mean it, you were you were there, I mean, you know the people are just super nice I mean, it was a really really super friendly um group group of people and really helpful the story that I always tell is last year at last year's con we had somebody leave i think it was sixty dollars in cash, like three twenties in one of the bathrooms. I made an announcement somebody left sixty dollars in cash in in one of the bathrooms. I had one person uh claim it so no, nobody was like, oh, cash, free cash, you know? I mean, there are people who are like, oh yeah, that's mine as a joke. But like, there was no question that anybody was gonna be, um, you know, that pre- pretending to, to take, you know, the norm- or normally you have to like describe the item and it's like, well, it has Andrew Jackson on it or whatever, But, but sorry, my nose itches for some reason. But it's just, so it's a high trust uh, group of people. And we sold things, we sold things on, um, you know, kind of the honor system. We just put stuff out on the table and said, find the author and give them cash or put, you know, there's PayPal um, up on the wall or whatever, and just just pay them because um, we trust you. People are not going to steal stuff. That's just the way that kind of group that it is. And that's the, that's, it's, I'm hoping we can maintain that going forward. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's just a really good group.
0: Yeah, one thing that you said a a second ago that I really relate with is uh – you know, you, you kind of separating the wheat from the chaff. You try to be a little over the over the top or more provocative yeah, than you. Right. You know, I'm 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 different on air uh, than I am in real life. I mean, I maybe I might be worse in some ways in real life. You know, but like a little more provocative. But like I try to get out in front of the culture war thing by just say say something. You know, whether it be hyperbolic. I try. I mean, I'm not going to lie or anything. But you try to just right. say something, and if people don't like it, they can leave. And that that's why I respect about that point of view.
1: Yeah. there there's there's no. A real advantage um, at this point to being kind of in the middle of the road because you're just gonna you know get attacked by everybody um, and I learned that uh, like I, I for a while I was trying to be the reasonable guy and the, and the, and you know the civil guy and talking about um, you know and I would say like I remember it was when when Obamacare <clears throat> was being debated and I had kind of stayed out of politics for a while um, just because for various reasons but I was like this, this isn't what I want to do. Um, you know, I, I want to write. I had lots of friends who are much more liberal than I, wa- that I was. And I you know, that was fine. And I just wanted to get along with people. But then there was just, just like this, this push for Obamacare. And I was kind of like, you know, there are things about it that seemed kind of sketchy to me. And so I started uh, mentioning that. On Twitter, and I was—I would get attacked, (laughs) like, like I'm. It was just blew my mind. Like, have you? You don't. It's like nobody that's attacking me has even read the the bill, or even a a, you know a a tiny fraction of the bill. And and it's like people would stake their 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 moral standing on this like ridiculously long and complicated bill that they didn't know about, you know, like a few weeks earlier. And I was like, how? Why can you not just look at a bill and go, this is maybe not the best idea rather than being like, oh, you know, Obama is pushing this. The Democrats are pushing this. So therefore, it's part of my religion. I mean, it's literally like I, life and death. I have to support this thing. It's like that's just creepy and weird to me. Like I do the same thing if it was a Republican pushing some kind of plan that I didn't fully understand. I'd be like, I don't know about this. And I don't expect, you know, people to be. uh Yeah, I just, I just, the idea of like, it immediately becomes part of your idea, ideology and your religion is just weird to me. Um, So I I would say kind of, I try to be very sort of like, uh, you know, measured and and, uh, conservative. I I mean, as far as socially speaking about these things and and, um, very polite and civil. And it got me nowhere because you just get attacked and people don't care. They don't try to, to be nice or understanding or anything. They just um they ridicule you and and um finally i just decide, decided look i'm just gonna alienate these people because i don't want them around anyway yeah.
0: good man yeah i like that so you guys uh you know someone in the chat uh mentioned this but you you mentioned you in the first year last year of Basecon, you had some uh some protesters or someone trying to cancel you guys <laughs> tell us that story
1: yeah we got we got a little bit of notice online um some websites that were you know left-leaning kind of making fun of us all oh, these people are going to put together their their own sci-fi con, and so you always with these things, you always get the t- two two a- angles of this. Like they're making fun of you because f- they're like expecting you to fail, but at the same time, they're also going to like overtly try to make you fail. <laughs> so it's like kind of contradictory. Like you're like they're making fun of us, but at the same time, they're scared of us because they. It, so then we we got a, a, a very long um, uh, email. Well, the owner of the uh, the venue. That was where venue that, um, where we held Basecon. He got this long and kind of well thought out, um, very, uh, very articulate email from this woman t- telling it her, telling him all us all about, um, how we were misogynistic and transphobic and racist and I don't remember what all, it's all the usual things, all this, you know. And, and literally like the worst things that I, that ha- I had said that had anything to do with base con were what you had just, just read about being like, you know, like men and women are like men can't give birth and stuff. And so like, of course that's transphobic, um, just, you know, rid- ridiculous hyperbole. So anyway, the, she sends this email to the, uh, the, the, the venue, um, owner. And, uh, I go out there to the venue to, um, to to check on something, I was going to meet him and, and just check out something about about the, the for the con, and he 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 comes out of that place and he's kind of gets this weird look on his face and he says, "Do you know?" And he gives me some name and I said, "No, I don't know who that is." And then he said, "Well, I got this email and let me let me show you to you." And so he gives me gets his laptop and and um, you know, lets me read the email that she sent and he's like, "What's this all about?" And I said, well, you know, and then I kind of told him the whole, very briefly, the whole history of, you know, the sci-fi cons and stuff and why we were doing this um, to kind of make our own, our own space. And, um, and I should say at this point, I had no idea what this guy's political, leanings were i mean i just i found him you know just you know i was renting a place for him i've never occurred to me to like (laughs) to to look into the political i mean that's that's weird to like look into the political background of of the person that you're doing business with because i just assume you know we're doing business and it's not you know it's none of my business um so i didn't know if this guy was like super liberal super conservative or something in between well he he looked so i he explains this whole thing and i and well i explained the whole thing to him and i say um, you know, and so I'm a little bit more on the kind of conservative libertarian side. And so, you know, we, we, there's a lot of, um, kind of authors like me and we wanted to get together and blah, blah, blah. And and he, um, said, well, I'm actually a little bit more on the conservative side myself. And I don't care what anyone says, but the, the election was stolen. Mm. <laughs> and I, I just laughed yeah. so hard because I was like, you pick the. You picked absolutely the wrong person to try to manipulate with yeah. your with your yeah, social justice buzzwords. It. So it was pretty hilarious because we were just laughing after after that. That uh, he and he, he basically got emailed back to this this person and said, Look, if you want to rent my place, then let me know. Otherwise leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah.
1: it was fantastic. So there were a lot of things that worked out like that, that were really that it feels like like divine providence to me almost that where it was just like everything kind of came together with this thing where it was like that could have easily gone the other way where he would have been like look i don't want to have any trouble and yep. you know and and shut us down and then we would have been screwed but
0: it can it can always it's always you know bringing up the politics thing in in real life can always it's it's usually it's going to go one way or the other. It's, the, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, like you said, there's not much, I don't remember how you said it, but there's not much benefit or merit, merit being in the center of, the, of right. this kind of struggle right now. I mean, we got one fan of the show who's, who's a proud centrist, but he's on our side. You know, even if you have like centrist beliefs, like you recognize that there's something going on. I don't know if, yeah. I, uh, if I mentioned uh, that weekend, did you know that I got kicked, I got banned from Airbnb uh, no, yeah, no yeah. I didn't know so, that. So, yeah, this weekend, I, I, we, we the place we were staying um, is from a, a, a competitor of Airbnb. I got banned from Airbnb, I believe, on January 11th. 2021. So like January 6th was January 6th. And then yeah. you know, five wow. days later I got uh I got an email. They were citing some ABC article about me saying that I, I don't have an account anymore. And I, I was like worried about that once I uh yeah, I, once you said that you guys were staying at Airbnb. I was like, man, am I gonna this is a constant thing in my life. I have to worry about whether my thing is going to affect other people's lives, you know. Like yeah, the, it's you
1: know. It, it, we actually um, made a deal with this guy outside of Airbnb, so it was, oh. it was not it was not an Airbnb. Very I mean, good. he has it. I call it Airbnb because everybody knows what that is, yeah. but it, he has the place on Airbnb. But we actually good. we actually um, did that's a deal outside it. of that. Yeah, you buy yeah, the stuff. Yeah, because because yeah, again, that's another layer where they could hit you. If and and I'm sure that they tried, you know. But since we didn't do it through through Airbnb, you know, there's all these you know there's a payment processor there's the you know the service the airbnb and there's the venue owner themselves there's all and they will hit these people have nothing better to do than to just try to, to cancel you at any level and most people doing business well the big corporations are of course all woke and progressive and so they're gonna gonna kind of clamp down on you. i mean but it took them what five days for them to to like go through news articles and like cross-reference what was the news articles with names of of people who had had an accounts and and ban you? That's exactly. just absurd.
0: Yeah, the level of like rigor there, like it's like, okay, yeah, like, like like how do you
1: even get that kind of response yeah. that quickly? That's it's yeah. amazing. It's like they must have had volunteers going yeah. through and and yeah, it's, it's just it's, just and an, 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 like a level of commitment that that well i mean i guess it's it's a- admirable in a way yeah. you know if we could, if we could get that yes. kind of commitment
0: i have been saying this for a while you got to respect the hustle at a certain point like <laughs> yeah, you know it's like for it's sure, kind of yeah. admirable but in a sick kind of dark way uh, yeah. but uh, so Obsession. From, from from year 1 to year 2 i mean you mentioned the numbers growing and stuff like that like what was your experience like just kind of compare and contrast your experience from last year uh to this year was it i mean I, there was there's probably bigger names this year but like what did you see as uh you know did you expect it to be uh this much bigger better this year but how, yeah, how was your experience between the two years
1: it was about what i expected um as far as the numbers went we actually had a few quite a few last minute cancellations with people not being able to make it with travel things and a lot of other just stuff going on um so it was going to actually be even more. It was going to be like ninety something people, but we ended up with eighty-five, around eighty-five, I think, and that was about twenty percent more I think, than than the previous year, which was what I was actually originally aiming for. So, um, so it felt about the same as far as the the numbers. So there were a few more people, but i was was so much more there were, i had made a list of like all the things that went wrong the first year like like well and you were a big one of course the, the biggest one of all was the the audio visual stuff because we didn't have that nailed down because we didn't have the we didn't have the venue far enough in advance and i just had somebody flying out from like washington who was like yeah i'll help you with that stuff and they did but it was like we didn't have all the equipment we needed so it was like oh crap we got to make a run to target to get speakers yeah and just like, and meanwhile, like everybody's waiting for the panel, and this guy's got a quick run to target, um, and so that so the the AV stuff, like the parking, went. Was, much more smoothly because we had somebody in charge of parking. Um, and I had made sure that like as a few people as possible parked on site. And there were other things like that, just like getting the badges printed and just a lot of things that were like hiccups that the first year that I, that I knew to get ahead of. And so it was, it actually went very smoothly. It was still, if we have a hundred people next year, I'm it's, it's still going to be—it's too much. I mean, especially for the person and the people doing the food. Yeah. Uh, we had basically volunteers doing the food, and that was—that's a huge uh, responsibility. It's just too much work to ask somebody to do as, as a volunteer. Mm. Um, the woman that we did, uh, that we had doing the food was great, but and we had some great volunteers. But I don't want to—I don't want to lean so heavily on on volunteers like that. That's not—that's not fair to them. Yeah.
0: Hey, do you uh, do you have a favorite part of this year? Like a favorite speaker? um like uh again it's not really my world but the guy is it john carmack was there uh is john, that john carmack, yeah, carmack yeah. yeah yeah
1: he's yeah he's um kind of a legend yeah. in like three different fields i mean the guy is just like an ultra genius um and he i had mentioned he he um he uh read some of Travis Corcoran's book, who is a friend of mine and, and Travis referred him to my books and so he's actually read a few of my books, um, which is kind of uh, in itself pretty pretty amazing. Um, I mean this is guy, this is guy John Carmack has um, he's the guy who did um, the coding behind the original Doom game, um, which was like sort of a, a, a paradigm kind of shifting uh, video game back in the I guess early 90s. Yeah. Um, and he's done, he's done stuff with also all, you know computer programming and alternate uh, artificial intelligence. He's he's got his own aerospace company, um, Armadillo Aerospace. He's like a, he's like Elon Musk, but basically, but not quite as as well known, um, but probably at least as 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 smart. Um, so he was he hu- and he just and so I I mentioned um, on Twitter you know like oh what, what what do I have to do to get John Carmack to show up haha. And um, then, the, you know, a few weeks later, uh, I see this registration come through. You know, I check the registrations online, and I'm like, that says John Carmack is registered for for Basecon. Oh. So I emailed him and I said, Are you just planning to, to come like in like stealth mode, or do you want to be like on some panels and stuff? And he said, Oh yeah, I could be on some panels. Um, so I, I like kind of shuffled the, the schedule around and and. Yeah, put him on some. Like, we had an artificial intelligence panel or uh, talk that he did at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I actually put him on a panel talking about my own book because I'm a shameless self promoter. But the Mammon series because he knows about aerospace stuff, and we had several air, like, like basically rocket scientists, really smart aerospace people. So I had them talking about basically tearing apart the science in my Mammon series, mm. um, which w- which was really cool. Um, so yeah that was it was really really cool to have him there because he's again like just uh, just a legend and you know to be able to just like i'm sitting next to the guy on the on the stage just bullshitting about like capturing an, a- an asteroid in, in in orbit you know because this is just like i'm just making stuff up you know i don't i don't know the the orbital dynamics and stuff and he's like got, he knows all the all the math and the and the physics and everything and, wow. and uh it, it was it was really
0: wild cool wow i mean yeah, so you know, let's uh, you know, let's just transition. Unless you have anything else to add on uh, Basecon, I mean, people should go to it. I mean, it was awesome to be there this year. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be awesome because you're going to be at a hotel, kind of a bigger venue next year. But before, yeah. I wanted to ask you about some of your books and stuff like that. But do you have anything else to add about uh, the Basecon subject?
1: I think we've covered most of it. It's it's just a fun. You know, I guess one thing I would say is that it's not. I mean like I said the the website uh, some of the wording on the website is is intended to be a little bit provocative and a little bit alienating but you don't get the sense that it's like uh, a bunch of rabid right-wing nuts or anything it's just like um, a bunch of cool people who are you know willing to to talk about everything and it's just like they're they're, they're just a really good group um so yeah it's a lot i mean it really is a blast people had a lot of fun um because we, we just we just all, you know talk about sci-fi and rockets and 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 you know spaceships and robots and artificial intelligence and we drink and smoke cigars and eat a lot of good food and that's about it so wow. it's it's a lot of fun we need we need <laughs> we, we need more young people and we need more women we have a pretty good pretty good group of 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 women um it's probably about Two to one, male male to female, which isn't bad considering the the kind of subject matter and stuff. Is is this tends to be this field tends to be very male oriented, but so young people. I want to try to get try to get more young people and more women coming. But uh, other than that, yeah, Yeah. but everybody's welcome, and we we don't care about you know sex, race, orientation, religion, whatever. You know, if you're a communist. Uh, or socialists will probably make fun of you a little bit, but you'll be free to say what you want to say because that'll just give us more material.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so Katie in the chat says we brought our two women. Yeah, we had two with us. Yeah, that's that's true. So, and I was—I don't know if you noticed—I was wearing yeah, a right. communist party, uh, you know, yeah. tracksuit. So I mean, yeah. I'm not a communist, but I you know, paid good money for that eBay for that on eBay. So <laughs> I was probably yeah, the they- only representative socialist there, right?
1: the aesthetic is is uh, is is appealing That's the, right. all the, the, com- yeah. the communist stuff yeah
0: <laughs> so you know so you know, what i like to do when i have someone on especially for the first time is like i want to get a sense of what you're uh, especially since it's a field a, a field that i don't have any experience in I, I like like getting to know someone's like workflow and stuff like that so you've wrote uh you've written and it, it, written is it wrote it's written Yeah, I have written. Yes, I have written. Yes, 30, 30 novels. So how what's your workflow like? I mean, do you work on ever several books at once or are you single track mine? Like, how do you develop ideas? Like, just describe your whole artistic workflow.
1: Um, Yeah, I I usually work on one thing at a time. There's I, I usually have another idea or two kind of percolate percolating in the back. Uh, of my mind, but it's pretty much, um, focused on one thing. I'm very much, um, kind of, uh, uh, attention deficit sort of, um, oriented where I, I, I seize on an idea. Like I had this idea about Vikings building a spaceship. So for a while, for like a year, I was just reading about, well, vikings and spaceships the you know space travel and how rockets work and stuff but also but primarily like viking and medieval history and vikings and stuff um cuz i was going to do a sort of a mashup of those two things and so i did that for like a year and then i did a kickstarter and that was that's one of my most successful series the iron dragon series um but then when i was done with that i i'm pretty much done and i just i'm like okay now I, i'm not interested in vikings anymore i'm interested in you know this and so now i'm like onto um uh the temp- templars the knights templar and the and um time travel basically cool. so yeah but that's, you know I, I, for a while i'll be into like you know quantum physics i wrote a qu- book about quantum physics and you know I'll, or whatever some other subject uh i'll just get like super into it and read a bunch of books about that and do a bunch of research and write a you know books about that like the mammon series <clears throat> my most recent one before this one is basically about an economic um economic collapse of you know the global economy and so sort of non-fiction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I was
0: going to say that. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at looking at the description right now. It says by the year yeah. 2032 the US federal debt has surpassed uh, 50 trillion. We're uh, we're about halfway th- there, right?
1: Where my my estimates are are actually looking pretty pretty rosy, yeah. uh pretty optimistic because oh, it's no. it's gotten much worse since yeah. then be, with all the the spending that they're doing. Yeah, so that's it's, it's going to get kind of ugly for in a, in a few years here because we're going to, all of the money that we're, all of the federal revenue, I don't know what year it is, but it's not far. It's maybe 2032 or something like that. Every dime that the federal government takes in is going to be going to um, entitlements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and so we have no money left for anything else. Um which is a problem because you yeah. you know if you're trying to like have run any kind of other programs or have federal employees or um, um, you know a military so uh, things are things are going to come to a head here so yeah so th- but anyway I got it I got that was on my mind um, as it as it would be in if somebody in the situation because we're we're heading toward the sort of financial um, and fiscal cliff and so I was I was researching that and then I had this idea of basically uh, an an asteroid a uh, very um, valuable asteroid being redirected into Earth's orbit and as sort of a last-ditch um, effort to save the uh, the uh, American economy. And of course, as things do in fiction, it, things go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the that's what happens throughout the series so it's, but so so that that again, that again was just another thing that I got obsessed with for a while and now I've moved on to something yeah. else
0: so w- when you you mentioned I mean you mentioned kind of a few things where you do research where you're reading into things but also you said during this panel at, at basecon that you were I don't know shooting from the hip is the right right term but you had some actual experts to pick apart the science so how do you how do you balance the two I mean like you want to be it, you want your your fiction to be plausible enough that it's not, you know, that it doesn't just seem fake, but, um, how do you do the research process and, uh, how do you, you know, what kind of stuff do you just let go and, you know, not have to know yeah. for sure answer on. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's, I try to get a, a, enough, I, I read enough in a field that I feel like I have like a basic understanding of it. I mean, you know, there are people who's, who study each of these topics for years and years and still don't know everything. Um, but I get, I get to the point, I try to get to the point where I know what questions to ask and what is um, sort of like the, what I, so I know what I don't know. Um, that way I can find smart people and ask them and i I can say what if i try to do this is that completely off off base and so i and fortunately i've gotten to know through through the internet through twitter and other other ways i know people who actually know stuff about you know orbital dynamics and you know uh radio um radio waves and, and, you know, that physics and, and all this, you know, mathematics and all the stuff that I never, um, was, was dedicated enough in, in high school or college to actually learn myself. So they will, um, check things. And I, you know, if I can get, get to the point where I can fool 99.9, you know, percent of the people. And then the other ones are like, eh, close enough that, you know, I don't want, I don't want to be do, do anything. That's wrong. Like there were people who picked up my my physics, um, it, because of the, or, orbital dynamics, getting things into orbit or moving things from from like Earth orbit to another orbit is extremely or or another orbit into Earth orbit as we're doing with the asteroid, is extremely complicated and and counterintuitive and weird. Um, the physics and the math are very complicated and it's not it doesn't work the way you would think it is because it's just things don't move like you would expect in 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 zero gravity and low gravity. Um, and, um, I guess I, I got some, the, I fr- the way I phrased something was a little bit off, but like, so I had a couple of readers who were like, well, you know, you didn't, you, this was, didn't get this quite right. And, but then I was on the panel with like John Carmack and all those aerospace people. And they were like, nah, you know, that's, you're close enough. <laughs> it was like, they didn't care. They didn't, the actual mm. experts didn't, didn't care. So I took, I was pretty, um, because uh, I mean, basically, John Carmack said, "Yeah, you know, this could this could work uh, more or less." And uh, you know, like that's just, that's I mean, that guy is in the top you know, point zero 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 one percent of people as far as aerospace knowledge. And so I'm like, if I got him basically yeah. on board, if he he enjoyed the story, right. it was the science wasn't wrong enough that he that he that it took him out of the story and said, he said it's like you know it's basically worked and it's a good story. And so I was like, that's what I'm going for, you know. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. If you, if you, it's like, whose opinion do you really care about here? If, if you can, if you're, if you I mean, you're going to find, it, find it, 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 seems, it seems yeah, good,
1: right? <laughs> is that if, if, if there's going to be pedants, you know, there are going to be people who, who are, are going to pick things apart because they like to pick things apart and they're going to find something no matter what. But then if you can get somebody like John Carmack or some of the other people that we had on this, these panels, if we can get, if you get them, you know, actual experts on board enough, I mean, they're, they're, these people, enjoy movies like um you know like armageddon and stuff where the science is just ridiculous but they're fun to to watch you know it's like you go into it knowing okay well they're gonna they're gonna butcher the science but it's you know, you—it's fun. If you're if you're able to have fun, then it's you know you can forgive a lot of things. I mean, I, I do try to be as close as possible and to and I also give I usually give myself an out with these things. One of the things I mentioned on this panel at Basecon was that I usually leave out a variable in any any anything that uh, involving like physics or math. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I will leave like I won't tell you how big like so I, we have these impactor crafts that are slowing down the asteroid to bring it in into orbit around Earth. And I will tell you like how fast things are moving and where they are and stuff, but I will not like I never tell you how big the impactors are. Mm. Um so that gives me an out. Like, well maybe there the impactors are a lot bigger than you thought that they were. So that nobody can I could be wrong, but you can't prove I'm wrong. Yeah, good. So like that gives that gives me a gives me an out.
0: What what about your uh, kind of your, your earlier life? I mean, like when did you start writing? Have you always been interested in this? And and you know, and you mentioned your education earlier. Like, what what did you study in college? And maybe even before that. Like, how long have you been interested in in writing?
1: I was I've always been a writer. I mean, I, since that's just always what I wanted to do. I remember in second grade, our teacher um, uh, assigned us to write a, a story and i just started writing and kept writing and writing and writing and finally i went to her and i said you know do i need to like do my math now or anything do i do some of this other work and she looked at the story and said, no no just keep writing and i said this is fantastic i can just do this instead it's like writing to me was not work it was just like yeah. this is just the most fun thing to do mm-hmm. um and of course now it's it's kind of a combination because i'm, I'm trying to push myself i want to write a slightly better quality than i that i managed when i was in second grade and it was all fun but so it's there is an element obviously of work to it and it can be difficult but it's 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 just something that i have to do um and yeah i was i was a philosophy major <laughs> in college cool. so that was a waste but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's still interesting but
1: yeah, <laughs> no. no it's you have to t- I, I like to say that you have to take philosophy you have to study philosophy for a while to realize that philosophy is useless you don't mm. you don't know that right away you assume it is but you don't really know until you study it for a while and you're like and then you're kind of enough of an expert to say yeah this isn't getting me anywhere yeah. um so then you move on to stuff but it is good training for like uh, like i went into software development after that for a while because it's, it's all the same kind of thing finding bugs in code is the same thing as finding er- logic errors yeah. in in writing so um yeah, I did software development for a while and then I wrote a novel on the side because I always wanted to do that and then just kept writing and gradually that, went, yeah. yeah, I morphed from a software developer into a, uh, a novelist.
0: Wow. Very cool. Um, so you're working on a new uh so what is it called over here i got it i got your kickstarter over here is it the cross time crusade crusade yeah you know bef- maybe before we get into this you know i had rachel fulton brown on on friday and she oh yeah we were, yeah. Talk- we were talking about like angels and, mm-hmm. and devils and stuff like that and she told me that, to ask you about this i mean yeah like so why don't you just i don't really have anything in my notes other than to ask you about devils angels and yeah uh, and lucifer so like what, uh, yeah. what 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 why am i asking you about this
1: she told me about that. I actually had a long, like a like a two hour. To, so she was at BaseCon, yeah. um, and talked about um, what what she's working on, uh, and she was at the first BaseCon too, and did a great talk on on Tolkien. Uh, and then this time she talked about um, the, her Draco Alchemicus, which is what she's working on now. And weirdly, it has a lot of um, similarities to what I'm working on. It's like we're we're. Um, both attacking the same sort of theme kind of from from two completely different directions so it's very very interesting um so yeah i i I talked to her for probably two hours a a week or so ago um and she kind of blew my mind with all the all the stuff about you know angels and demons and stuff but she is actually she she is reading um or at the time was reading my 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 first series which is about um an angel named mercury um, who is this sort of uh, anti-authority, anti-establishment um, angel who's supposed to be helping out with the apocalypse? But he gets distracted by things like beer and ping pong, and so he's <laughs> he's uh, and he kind of sort of inadvertently starts a cult uh, in Berkeley, and and uh, he's he's eventually ends up getting kind of uh, roped into saving the world. Um, so then there's this sort of angelic um, hierarchy of a- angels and demons and stuff and so she was she was uh she thought that was very um entertaining but yeah we were talking about about the angels angels and, and demons and um i guess what the the difference between them is and and uh well we can um yeah i could go go on and on about that but yeah so this and, and so demons are involved in this this new series too, the cross time crusade because um, it's basically demons are threatening to destroy the world, um, and then our hero has to go back in time to the Middle Ages and meet with meets the uh, the Knights Templar, who are the, these this this organization of knights in the middle ages who were um formed sort of an elite military organization who were formed to um ostensibly to protect pilgrims to the holy land and there's all this um mythology that's arisen about the the templars as far as the the holy grail and and uh then there's the whole dan brown da vinci code thing and stuff so i wanted to do kind of a a twist on that with uh that's a little bit more rooted in reality hopefully than than like the da vinci code
0: Why don't you talk a little bit more about, you know, you said you can elaborate on the angels and demons, uh, like, you know, differences, similarities. Why don't you talk about that for a little? That's interesting. That's interesting stuff. What do you uh, well, what do you mean there? Oh,
1: uh, well, I, the there's a lot floating around in my head right now because I've been doing research on this stuff. Um, but ultimately, I mean, demons are are fallen angels. They're basically angels who don't do or, or decided they're, they don't want to do what they're they're told. Um, and my first book, Mercury Falls, is about a, an angel who is, he's, he's fallen. Um, so he's technically a demon, um, but he's fallen basically only according to this sort of heavenly bureaucracy. Um, and there's a question whether the um, the bureaucracy really represents heaven or whether it's just another bureaucracy.
0: Huh. Um,
1: okay. So he's fallen, um, but he's he's sort of, he's still really the, a good guy. And he, he's sort of, and honestly, the, this, this book started off as sort of almost semi-autobiographical because it was, I mean, very loosely, but it was, the character was based on me because I, I found myself at that point in my life, um, I've always been a, a very much um, anti- authority, you know, I've been a, kind of a, kind of a rebel and, and, uh, never, you know, never paid attention in school, never did what I was told. always oh, getting in trouble. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> uh, devout Christian, um, and I ended up, um, actually becoming a, uh, a deacon in my church mm. and I was the deacon and the treasurer of my church, which was just absurd. It was just absurd to anybody who knows me because I I'm, i feel like I'm like the worst person with like managing like details and money and stuff. But somehow I got roped into being a deacon and the treasurer at my church. And I was, uh, I, and I was reflecting on this and it just seemed like such a bizarre thing to have somebody who is just like, so like such a rebellious personality in this like, very kind of responsible um, detail oriented role and so that's where mercury came from so it 's like where the question is where where do the rebels fit in right mm. like rebels are like are they are the rebels bad are the rebels the, are the rebels good because it's like you have you need to have order you need to have stability and, and law and order and stuff, and then you're always going to have people who defect from that, but can you have somebody who who's defecting from that system from the bureaucracy but still be on the, the good side. Um, and that tie, I think, I think Rachel saw this as tying into, um, her work on, on, um, what she's talking about with, with angels and demons and, and sort of, uh, there, there's, there are these things called egregore, I say egregores, Uh, Rachel said, Rachel pronounced it E- egregores anyway i'm going to keep saying egregores because i can't find a an actual how i'm supposed to pronounce this word okay. but egregores are basically um it's a real, well not a new concept but it's it's become um, more prevalent lately they're they're um what you would call independent psychic elements that arise from a a, a collective or a, like a, a group so you have like a um you have something like say say the Catholic church, and then you have the egregore of the Catholic church. And the egregore is sort of its own, you can think of it as being like a person. It has its own um, motivations and its own reasons for doing things and its own sort of personality. And that can change over time, but it's like people, people think of the Catholic church as being like a person as doing things or like a country, you know, you think of it as like, we say China does something or other, well, China doesn't do it. People in China do it, but there's still in all of our minds, there's this understanding that there's this collective entity called China
0: interest. Yeah. It's got its own interest, its own personality, its own. Uh, Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And it's, and it's,
1: it's the same thing with, you know, with Google or with the CIA or the Rotary club or anything. They all have their own, um, their own their entity, their own personality, their own interests. And they are of course, not necessarily the interests of the, of the the people who, who work there or make the thing up. They, it has different interests from them sometimes. And, and like in the case of say the CIA or whatever, it's not necessarily the same interests as the, the organization that like you have, might have the federal government, but then you have like the CIA, which has different you know motivations than the federal yeah. government. So, um, and i was reading recently that the idea is that um, there's there's this book about fair with the guys It was originally written anom- anonymously um but it's a book about the um the, the tarot and christian you know like the, the tarot decks for, um and christianity um and it's really fascinating sort of uh, mystical stuff but he talks about how the egregore there's for each of these organizations there's like the real thing. There's like the Catholic, there's the church, and then there's this the egregore of the church, which is like the shadow of it. And the the shadow is like the egregore is is basically demonic. It's um it's the it's a sort of a twisted version of what the, the real thing is. And it's I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this explanation, but the idea is that um, an organization like the church the Catholic church or the church in general is founded on love and um, openness Mm -hmm. and, um, and altruism and giving. Um, And it's, it's not about control. It's about, it's about giving and it's about love. Um, But then you have, anytime you have a bunch of people that come together that form an organization, you end up with this other or shadow organization, this egregore, which has its own interests. And that thing is about control and grasping and holding on to things. And so that's why you see, you have the idea of the church as like Jesus talks about in the New Testament, um, sort of this idealized kind of platonic version of the church. And then you have the actual, well, I don't wanna say act, they're both actual, but you have the yeah. more kind of um, controlling organization of pe- the thing that people actually see on earth um, with their eyes as the church. And they overlap a lot, but a lot of times that organization becomes its own thing and it has its own interests and um, it's, and like we see with with like the social justice warriors taking over, you know, the Hugo Awards or any other, any, you know, at the NFL or whatever, the people in this organization don't necessarily go along with this ideology, but the thing develops on its own and it's it's this creepy, weird, demonic force that does, that wants to control things. And it's exactly what you see in all these cases of where this happens. It's always efforts to control, you know, whether it's it's the church, you know, um, trying to silence heretics or get more money and power, or, um, you know, the NFL trying to control what players say or where or whatever. In every case, it's about control. And so you have the sort of angelic influence, which is the loving, um, kind of reaching out, extending open um, uh, energy, and then you have the eager gore, which is the the, the, the de- demonic, controlling, clutching energy that wants to limit things and and hold on to things. So that's uh, that's that's a, a brief summary of what what Rachel and I were talking about as far as right. angel, angel and angels and demons. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating stuff because when you start to think about that, it really makes when, when you start to think in those terms. It, it really crystallizes a lot of things about where we are in the world and why things work the way they, the way they do. It was kind of, like I said, kind of a mind blowing thing to me because I feel like since the like I wrote the Mercury books over 10 years or the first one over 10 years ago. And I was sort of playing with that idea without even really knowing it with the bureaucracy and stuff. And then, you know, like talking to her recently and the more reading I was doing, I was like, Oh, this is what, this is what was, was going on in the back of my head where you have this this sort of like the, the angelic energy and then the demonic energy. And they're always kind of, um, fighting each other
0: so so the, this uh word egregore um does it imply or is it inherently the negative like more worldly you know uh persona that an entity takes on or can there be a uh can it be a positive thing as well
1: yeah that's an excellent question and and i i think the the jury is kind of out on that um I was reading a, one book that said, no, an egregore is just kind of a neutral uh, thing, that it can be, it can go either way. It's just, it's just, but then this, this book, um, I, I have to find the, it's, 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 uh, I wish I could remember the title of it. It's, it has to do with the, the, the tarot. Are you talking um, about
0: meditations on the tarot? A yes. A journey into Christian hermeticism? Yeah, I yep, just that's the it one up here. Yeah, okay,
1: cool. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. I couldn't remember the exact title. Yeah. It's a very long book and it's kind of dense, but it's got a lot of interesting stuff in it. And and he, in that book, to me makes a compelling case that the egregore is always uh evil. It's always demonic, because it's always a shadow of the real thing. Because you have the you have the good thing. You have again going back kind of the ultimate example is the church, where you have on the one hand the 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 idea that 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 Christ had in mind as the church, and then you have this egregore. and the egregore, in according to the author of that book, um, is is always um, it's always demonic because it's always sort of a uh, it's a false uh, version of that thing. So it, it's always going to be bad. And I, I lean toward that idea myself. Um, I, I think you can't really have. I think an eager war is always going to be a, a false a version of the thing. Um, but I could be wrong. And it, there are people who think that the eager, war, eager war is just sort of a neutral term and that it's, you know, so right. I don't know. I, always sure. thought,
0: I was always uh, interested in, you know, when they say you, know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, like when they say Russia's doing this thing, China's doing yeah, this yeah. thing. And it's like, is that the person? Because it's not just the le- the dictator, even if it is a full dictatorship, and it, but it's not the people. It's yeah. the country itself and they're not wrong about that it's like it has its own thing right, going on right it's fascinating
1: and it's yeah it's very much um you slip into that thinking and it's um it's 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 almost like a metaphor but it's it's more than a metaphor because we're not we're not because we think about like yeah russia is doing something or china is doing something and it's like oh well we're thinking about it as if it was a person but it's more than just thinking about it as if it was a person it acts as if it was a a person in some ways it has it has its its own um sort of motivations and it's kind of its own intelligence even so it's it's for all intents and purposes, it's its own thing, it's, its own being, an entity. And so then my my thinking is that, yeah, you have some of these 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 beings. Well, and of course, the way that we're connected now on the internet, um, all this process of things, organizations being f- formed and igreors being formed and in collectives of various kinds, and so the feedback that we get from each other means that these things act much more efficiently and get created much more easily and have much more power over us Mm -hmm. and we're much more exposed to them um so that's you know we're in kind of uncharted territory here in the last 20 years or so with with the uh the internet taking over because we've never lived in a society like this where we are like a group uh, can form, you know, it's like the, if you, you know, think of it as like a flash mob, you know, which is of course an internet, internet phenomenon. It's like these things just come out of nowhere. And, as you know, a group, a group of people that are all doing something together. And it's kind of weird. It's creepy because we don't know these things are, they're their own things. And we don't fully know how to process them or how to talk to them or how to, uh, resist, um, their influence. And so we're, you know, it's, it's exciting, but also kind of a scary time to be, to be alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things, you know, I, I became a Christian. I was raised kind of Christian and I became, I kind of was saved for lack of a better word in 2019. But for the five years, six years before that, I was doing my own amateur philosophy thing, really looking into all the different religions and schools of thoughts and, and, and things like that. And that's one thing I, I realized, I came to the realization of, what good and evil is prior to becoming a a christian for the same i realized that that the arc of evil and the arc of good is so much longer than one person's life that either needed to have like generations training each other explicitly or I, i don't know if the right word is like nepotism where they would just pass it on through bloodlines or it had to be something that outlasted the human life and and then it kind of the last domino fell where I realized these things basically have names like the name of good is Jesus Christ. And the name of evil is sin or Satan. And that was that I came to that realization about six months before I became a Christian in 2019. So I, I definitely hear what what you're saying and agree on this. Uh, It's, it's not a human, but it's got a personality. It is a person and it's got its own interests and, and it's, uh, it's, pretty uh i don't know it's kind of dark i mean it's very dark because it it's, can it's, be different. yeah yeah for yeah.
1: sure yeah and and it's it's this sort of weird uh sort of esoteric um situation and you have um but and like like as you alluded to the the challenge of course is how do you once you you you've learned some of these things and you know so you've you've internalized some of this wisdom how do you get it to the next generation and the next and the next and the next? And it's like, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll form this organization that does that. But then it's the moment you do that, you also create this egregore, which <laughs> has its own, <laughs> yep. it has its own motivations. And so, and that, so you, you never know in, in, in 20, 50, hundred, 500 years, what's that organization going to be? I mean, you look at like the ACLU, which started as a relatively, uh, benign organization fighting for rights. Now it's just pure, uh, you know, progressive. It's just this part of the progressive borg, communist <laughs> propaganda. I mean, it's just, you know, Black Lives Matter, and it, they're 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 like in favor of vaccine mandates and stuff, which is actually you know completely the opposite of what they were supposedly founded on. I mean, there. I know there are people who will say the ACLU was never really that that great, which is probably true too. But I mean. Um, organizations get you know it doesn't take that long um to get for them to get infiltrated and for the whole organization to become something that it was completely the opposite of and you're talking about like the the baptist leadership and stuff and it's like we're not nobody's immune to this and it's it's kind of scary because it's like i I grew up in a really conservative um christian denomination denomination and they're still fairly conservative but you you see this um this stuff kind of creeping in. Um, and it makes you want to like, just go like start a monastery or something, yeah. go off into the wilderness and like, yeah. um, be, be a, apart from the culture for a while because you just, you see this, this stuff, uh, and it's just always coming at you and, and the, the corporate entertainment, you know, blob, uh, influencing you. And it's, it's, it can be pretty scary.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, and that kind of, you know, that brings us kind of full circle back to BaseCon. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, well, I want to start maybe, a, I mean, uh, maybe my the music festival that I'm a part of is actually not very based. It's, I'm, I'm like the eighth in command, and it's it's a bunch of, I don't know, like, yoga people and stuff like that kind of scares me but i want to you know do my own thing or you know start my own institutions i'm kind of doing it right now with my live chat but you know that's what you're trying to do with BaseCon. you like you 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 left left the plantation as as they say and you're you're doing your own monastery for lack of a, a better word so um I don't know. That's awesome stuff. I mean, it's been about an hour here, so I think we're going to wrap things up. Do you want to, yeah, you right. know, you know this, this is going to be uploaded as a podcast. So, um, give us some closing thoughts if you want, or just plug how to find your, your work online, so the people listening in audio form can uh, check out your, your stuff online.
1: Yeah. So basedcon is easy enough. That's at basedcon.com. We have it um, so far it's it's held every year in, in West Michigan, somewhere it looks like we're going to be in a hotel in grand rapids this coming. Um, We just, we just had the second one. So we're going to have another one about a year from now in uh, the uh, end of September sometime. So that's uh, a lot of fun. If you're into, you know, sci-fi fantasy, um, games, um, comics, any of that kind of stuff. Um, th- that's a blast. So you can register for that online. Um, and badnovelist.com is my personal website. And oh. that has all the, the <laughs> there's a reason for that. Yeah. Badnovelist.com. Uh, and that has a link to my, the Kickstarter, which is the cross time crusade. Um, I just rebuilt my website, so it's pretty empty, but I do have a, uh, um, a link to the cross time crusade, which is my, the, the work that I'm, that i'm gonna well what i'm gonna be working on over the next year or so um which is a series of books about this about time travel templars and telepathy so and and as well as egregores and demons and all kinds of crazy stuff like that so
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking up your your kind of catalog over here. I am gonna. I think I was gonna. I was gonna read uh, li- or listen to one of your books. I think I'm gonna do this Mercury Falls book. This one looks very interesting to me. So I'm gonna make a okay. little purchase here and, and support. That's my already.
1: very first one. So okay. you have to be you have to be kind of gentle and forgiving because okay. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing when I was writing. I was uh, my my goal with that one is was to throw enough jokes in that people wouldn't realize I didn't know how to write a novel. Okay. So all
0: right, I like jokes. That's good. Well, yeah, this is an ab- absolute pleasure having you on, and I'll hopefully see you at BaseCon next year. I'm still doing my schedule yep. and stuff, but I'll try my best to get up there, and I'll have yeah, people hope, support your work online, okay?
1: Great. Hopefully hope, hope you can make it again. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And thanks for thanks for having me on.
0: All right. Sounds good. See you out, right. out there on the Internet, okay? Talk to you later. have a good one. Amazing! Yeah, Robert Kruzy. Fantastico. That was great. That'll be a podcast episode of Call Me Ignorant. Back in action. Let me get this crack a over here. Yeah, check out the podcast. Support his work. Author of the Mammon series. Got a Kickstarter. Robert Cruzy, founder of Baseball.